people because if I'm helping you achieve your goals, mm-hmm. then I'm probably achieving my goals. That's awesome. Right? right. And so we, it goes hand in hand. And that's where the coaching aspect is, is if, if I'm helping you be successful, then I'm helping myself be successful as a coach, you know, mm-hmm. and there's gratification in that. I mean, we all coach and we all want to be a leader because we want to lead, you know, we want right. to, we, we're, we all have egos. We want to be successful, but I can't be successful without you. And I have never, and this is where I'm trying to get to. I know I'm unpacking <laughs> a lot here and I've used that term a lot, but how many rich people have you read about or watched videos about that were lazy? Ooh, zero. Is everything okay? It's like, yeah. Oh, oh, right, right. You're there, but I'm looking at you here. But you look good for the audience. That's all that matters. Well, <laughs> I don't know how good I look, but okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, welcome back to What the Frap. I'm your host, Jay Zilla, as usual. And today I have with me one coach, Travis McKnight. What's up, coach? Hey, Jeremy. How you doing, man? Thank man, you for having me on here right. today. Thank you for coming. Look, that's tough. Saying a, a coach's first name, I, I literally was just like, "Coach, tr- tr- just 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 spit it out. It's Travis. It's okay. You know, he's not gonna make you run." <laughs> no, that's right. No, and you know what? I'd feel more comfortable if you called me Travis. But uh, I also understand. You know, I got a quick story on that. Uh, calling somebody coach or their first name uh, when I got my first head coach's job at Cornersville High School, um, my head high school football coach, which was Coach Edens had retired from being the head coach at Marshall County High School, but he still wanted to teach. Well, he came down to Cornersville to be my assistant coach and teach driver's ed down there. And he told me multiple times, just call me Bob. Well, I did it once, and it was the most uncomfortable thing I ever did, and I couldn't do it. I just could not bring myself. And, you know, here I was, the head coach, and I still, right. because it was so much respect for what he had done for me, mm-hmm. and uh, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> Man, and I'm Southern to boot, so it's, it's like between being Southern and, you know, that player-coach relationship, it, that's tough. Yeah, It is. It is. Well, the way we're raised, you know, I still say yes, sir, and no, sir, to people out and about, and they may be younger than I am, but it's, it's a mm-hmm. sign of respect. Right, right. I always used to have like a little tagline, especially with the ladies who are just like, oh, you make me feel old. It's like, it's a matter of respect, not an indication of age. It's That's okay. right. And um, I, I do that with my, and I'll call it practice. You know, I, I practice with my sons by call, you know, saying yes, sir, no, sir, and yes, ma'am, no, ma'am to the girls. And um, they think it's the weird, the girls think it's the weirdest thing ever. But JJ has fully, you know, yes, sir. Like, that's not us. What are you doing? Right. <laughs> like over his head, yes, sir. It's like, you're four. I'll forgive you for now. <laughs> right. Well, and what and what your girls uh, and even your boys don't realize at this point, but later on, it's going to help them identify their right partner based on how you've treated them with respect. They're going to expect. So when somebody doesn't do that to them, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever, you know, they're going to understand that difference. So, you know, no, that's an awesome thing, man. Fingers crossed. Yep. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Because I know you got a couple of boys there, you know, um, but, I, you know, having girls is like, oh. I'll just start sitting in a dark corner and think, like, now, I don't have any crazy, weird karma coming my way, right? Like, I'm, I was okay. I was a gentleman, right? Like, you know, so, so yeah, that, um, I hope so. I hope you're right. 
That, that's right. You know, and, and so having boys, I don't have the same worries, you know, that, that you do. And, uh, and I think that's why my wife probably wanted boys too. You know, she was like, she, you know, she said boys are easier. And, you know, I think maybe to a sense they are, but maybe not. I don't know. Okay. So maybe because I've had this debate with a few people on the show and with my wife all the time. Um, maybe not easier. Maybe I'm using the wrong word because I always say boys are easier. They're not easier. They're just different, right? With my mm-hmm. girls, they'll come in and start crying. It's like, oh, what's the matter? You know, I give them a big old hug and like, tell me what's wrong. It's like, I don't know. It's like, all right, okay. Uh, you want to take a nap? You need a snack? And it's a huge guessing game. Whereas my boys are like, ah, it's like, what's the matter? Hit my toes. Like, okay, all right. I have something to work on, you know. And, of course, I could just pop the boys in the back of the head and tell them to stop. And five seconds later, we're laughing and playing with each other. But the girls, it's a whole nother thing, man. My wife says they yeah. have me wrapped around their finger, and I'm starting to believe her. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. And, but in today's age, I think both boys and girls go through some of the same emotions, you know, in this technology world. You got so much to worry about. And uh, so, you know, neither one of them are truly easy. It's just maybe preference <laughs> and uh, what you're more suited to deal with, you know. And uh, But honestly, you know, I think back, I was, you know, especially my oldest hunter, um, I was pretty hard on him, and I probably wouldn't have been as hard on a girl. And what kind of, a, you know, what kind of effect would that have had? You know, I don't know. Well, I try to be um, even with them, you know, firm but fair. I'm still working on my volume level, you know. That's the, that's just the coach in me. It's like, girls, don't worry about the volume. Listen to what I'm saying, you know, because I'm I'm very uh oh, got a freezer here. I'm ve- I'm one of those who, you know, as you can tell here with my camera spazzing out, just <laughs> I'm one of these guys who talks with his hands and I can get very loud, you know. And uh, I told them. Think of it like someone trying to save your life or telling you that you hit the lotto, right? I'm going to be pretty loud if that happens, you know? And I don't think you're going to be so upset about it if I tell you, we just won $5 billion. You know, you're like, hey, 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 what's with all the volume, sir? You know, I don't think it works that way. But, you know, it's something I'm working on. If it's a concern for them, that means it needs to be important for me. So, um, yeah, they're just different. They're just different. Well, you know, and same, Jeremy, I'm the same way. Um, you know, I can get loud, as you know, from the football field. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and sometimes I carry that to the house. And, and that's something that I wish I had it acknowledged earlier in my oldest his life as I was growing up with him. Um, because, you know, not that there's damage done, but, you know, it did hurt his feelings sometimes. And uh, so I have. You know, you learn from your first child. You know, yeah. you have that second one, and you try not to make the same mistakes twice. Um, and so I've learned from some of that and, and try not to raise my voice, but I'm loud anyway. And so I have to be very careful of how I come across, even just in my daily life, because just like you, I can get excited and not mean it to sound, but the way just it's my voice, the inflect, the, you know, how, you know, the, I can't even say the word, um, but, you know, it, it can be taken the wrong way. So right. um, I've had to work on that. And, and and basically my kids are the ones that brought that out and made me or helped me realize, and my wife, Jamie, helped me realize that I shouldn't be doing that all the time and, and that I need to be more aware. And so, um, and you'll, you'll do the same thing, Jeremy, as you get older and the things that were bothered you 10 years ago are not going to bother you as much now. <laughs> I've had it happen within a week. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's something about, you You remember Forrest Gump, right? Oh, yeah. Look, I have to ask that question now because, you know, I coach some guys and, was, and I tell them, you know, run, Forrest, run. They don't get the joke. I'm like, how do you not? It's Forrest Gump. I'm like, who? Right. It's like one kid told me, man, like, it, wasn't that like back in the 1900s? And I was like, no. And I thought about it. I was like, oh my God, it was. <laughs> you know, it is technically the 1900s, right? 
<laughs> but right. but yeah, so it's one of those things of um my wife always knows like how to say things to me the way I can understand them. <laughs> you know? And I've literally right. within a week, man, just been all up in in an uproar. I have this thing that everything's on my sleeve. I take everything personally, good, bad and otherwise. And you know, working on that. But um it it literally is one of those things of you know, I'm I'm super upset and I can't understand how come they can't understand. Then my wife comes in with a couple of lines and it's like, oh, okay, okay. And then the next time it happens, it's like, eh, you know, it's kids learning. So that's, that's kind right. of where I've steered the ship towards, you know, with my captain, the wife there. So, um, yeah, man, we just got to keep learning. How is the lady and the, the boys? They're doing good. Um my uh, oldest, Hunter, you know, he's 18 and uh, about to graduate from Columbia Academy. And, uh, you know, he's had a, you know, uh, a good senior year. Um, unfortunately, you know, they've had to deal with COVID and uh, his football season got cut short. But uh, he had some fun. You know, he was a starting center um, for their team this year. Uh, and he was the long snapper. He had done that for the last two years. Um, punts and field goals. And, uh, and then he was actually throwing shot put and discus this year for the first time ever. And yeah, uh, I saw a couple of those videos. Ago, he, huh? I saw a couple of those videos. Sorry to interrupt you. I saw a yeah, couple no. of those videos, man, and I like his technique. It, it's Everything's so smooth. He just yep. walk, walks up there and just, phew, and everything's in line, man. And it's like, man. And wow. for his first time to ever do it, it's it's amazing. Um, but about a month ago, he rolled his ankle at practice. So he's been in a boot doing physical therapy. So he's been out of it. Um, but I, I think they're fixing to release him. Um, and so he'll get to, you know, start back this next week and finish up the last couple of meets. And, you know, he's looking forward to that. And then my youngest, Cutler, um, he's in sixth grade at uh, Columbia Academy. And he plays uh, baseball and football. Um, just got through with his middle school season. He made the middle school baseball team as a sixth grader. And, uh, he, you know, he got to play in all the JV games. He's a little pitcher um, and, and does pretty good. He, he's eat up with it. He plays on a travel ball team. And uh, so he's he plays both, you know, this there the last couple of weeks, they were pretty hectic. They were going from middle school baseball to travel ball practice and, you know, trying to balance both, you know, they were, he went 12 days in a row where he had one or the other. And by that 12th day, which was on a sat last Saturday, he was shot, you know, he'd had yeah. his field of baseball. He needed a break. <laughs> hear that, which is understandable. Anybody would, you know, even as adults, if we'd work for 12 days straight, we're going to be like, okay, I need a break. Leave me alone. And, give me a sandwich and a sun drop and just leave me be. <laughs> that's right and jamie jamie's doing good um, of course she still works at um, murray regional and uh you know right now with me being gone you know for this past year she, she's been holding down the home front and uh you know taking care of all the things being a, a very great and supportive wife i couldn't imagine being a wife and having to deal with all that i'm fortunate i get to come and focus on you know the army stuff and she takes care of all that, all the things back home. So very strong woman. I'm lucky to have her. You know, it's like Clay Travis says, I outkick my coverage on this one. <laughs> I'm about to steal that. Where's my pen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Say that again. I outkick kick my coverage. Yep. Outkick my coverage, you know. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't supposed to have a wife as pretty and as good as uh, she is. Man, I know, I know they probably, people probably think the, the people who aren't married or who've been in bad relationships, they're probably thinking like, man, there's some sort of school their wives send them to, to say these things, but it really is true. I feel the same way. Uh, I didn't have an extended stay. I went to Tennessee um, for, it was supposed to be for about six months to try to get, you know, all this stuff off the ground and shadow some people. Uh, you know, primarily business, but of course, see my friends. I had a couple of personal, like, experiments that I was trying to, you know, just figure some things out. It was great. But literally, I got homesick before my family did. 
<laughs> which yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's a good thing. Like I just beat them to the punch, <laughs> but I think they were enjoying the break and like, I literally called. I was like, man, when I come home, I, I think we need to make that a one-way ticket because it was supposed to be fly home every three weeks or so and then back. But I was like, I, 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 can't, I can't do it, you know. So I'm actually going back to uh, Tennessee for about a month. Uh, again, I think that's my threshold, man. I, I, I can't do it. So what yeah. are you doing in Pennsylvania? Well, I am attending the United States Army War College, and I got selected to, to come to this. It, it is, um, it's for mostly uh, lieutenant colonels and colonels, um, and we do have some DA, Department of the Army civilians, State Department civilians that come to this school. Um, but you, you get a master's degree in strategic studies here, and the focus is on things that I've never even thought about much about real quite honestly. Um, but it, you know, it's things at the uh, congressional level strategy of, you know, dealing with the president Congress and the most senior levels of the military department and the, the things that they go through, you know, from the democracy to uh, the economy, to the military, to information, you know, how it all, comes together and looking at, you know, our, our adversaries that are out there uh, in the world and and why we do certain things, why we don't do others. Uh, you talk about the war, you talk about the theory of war, and they give you a lot of frameworks to, you know, help you come up with different ways to think, right? And just, okay. hey, there's a framework to, to go through going to war. There's a framework to go through thinking about spending money and all these different ideas from a strategic level, you know, because most of us, uh, you know, especially myself, I've been down at the lower, at the tactical and operational level where I'm executing, right? You know, I, I'm the right. football player. And, right. uh, and I've never been the principal of a school you know, thinking strategically, not just about the football team, but what makes the school. And so to put it in those sense, that's what we're doing here. And uh, it's a year long school. Um, but this is the last military school that I'm required to go to in my life. Wow. And uh, but it's been a challenge, um, you know, obviously with the COVID implications, um, we've had to do a lot of virtual classes. And so I had to move up here. You know, I'm, I'm in my apartment right now. And uh, it was pretty lonely. Uh, I mean, I got to admit, you know, you're talking about being homesick. I, this was the first time that, you know, I really was like, I don't want to do this. I was missing my family so much. And I think it was because I was so restricted. Mm. And, you know, and it was like talking to my wife. She's like, you've been deployed twice. How is this any harder? Well, the difference with being deployed is you're with your, your teammates, oh, right? And you're, you're in battle and, and you're, you've got a mission. And, and it's easy to be with your guys. Well, up here, you come up here, you don't know anybody, nobody. You know, there are some people that know each other from their – past crossing but you know literally we spent the first two months doing things virtual but they made us be here in pennsylvania wow. i couldn't be at home doing it and so you didn't know anybody you couldn't go anywhere and uh, so it was very and then just that the academic work you know getting back into writing papers you know i stayed in school when i went to college i went four years got my bachelor's and stayed another two and got my master's and I was like, I'm never going to write a paper again. And then, you know, here I had to write, you know, a 25 page, 25 page research paper, had to do oral comps um, a couple of weeks ago. And I've got that down now. I've passed everything. So it appears I'm going to graduate here in about a month. So I I'm like you still, I love how cautious you still are. It appears, you know, yeah. but that's interesting to go from fatigues to suits sort of level of work. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to, you know, pick your brain again. What made you go into the military, coaching, all those things, you know, in general? So, Jeremy, um, my first uh, ambition in life was I wanted to be a coach, and you know, whether it be football or baseball, 
I enjoyed both, but uh, I had the opportunity to go to Cumberland University and, and play football. Um, I should say I had the opportunity to be on the team at Cumberland University. And, uh, of course, I, you know, I wasn't very good, but uh, I got to be on the team and knew I wanted to go into coaching. But my freshman year, um, one of my best friends um, wanted wanted to join the guard and uh, convinced me to join with him. And of course, my dad had been in, had served and was still serving at that time. He was a, a full-time National Guardsman. And um, I just never really thought about it, but I was like, okay, crap. My best friend wants me to join. Let's, let's do this. And so, um, you know, was able to do the weekend, you know, thing, you know, one weekend a month, two weeks in the summer and, and balance playing college football with that. And it provided me some extra income, the GI bill. And initially though, it was like, I'm going to do my initial eight years and I'm going to get out. And when I graduated um, from, with my bachelor's degree, I had the opportunity to be a graduate assistant coach. And uh, again, I, I was not very good, but I tried to study the game. And uh, my, my defensive back coach and I became somewhat close. Mm-hmm. And he got me the opportunity to stay on and be his assistant and be a graduate assistant coach. And, and it was at that point I realized I don't know as much about football as I thought I know <laughs> that I knew which actually that first year being that graduate graduate coach. But so, you know, then I, I got a job um, as the head football coach at Cornersville High School. And I was still in the guard and I stayed there about four years and then came to Spring Hill uh, with Coach Miser and um, and was there two years as his assistant. And then when he left, you know, became the head coach there and, you know, got the good fortune to coach you and some some of the other great players we've had. And with all, they've all been great, uh, no doubt. All mm. the players we've had have been great. Uh, and, and everybody's turned out to be great young men. And uh, But then in 2007, um, after my first deployment, um, I came back and, you know, and coached that next year and um, realized that I could make a lot of money in the military if I oh, went full time. And uh, not that my family was struggling, but I was just like, you know, I was at that point in my life, you know, we had a, you know, Hunter was young and I didn't want to give up coaching. And, but I knew I needed to, to give for my family. We wanted Hunter to go to a private school. You know, we'd actually gotten him into Columbia Academy and, you know, more so not necessarily all for the education, but the foundation of faith and the Christian values. And that was important to us. And so, you know, when I started balancing it all out, it was like, let, I'm going to go try this full-time guard deal. And I was fortunate enough to get hired on full-time. And so I spent about, so that was 2000, right after the 2007 season. And, uh, and then in 2009 and 10, I deployed again, of course I was full-time and then Hunter got to be about 11 years old, and I was like, man, I'm really missing coaching. And the head coach at Columbia Academy, Charlie Lansdale, had actually been an assistant at David Lipscomb when I had been at Spring Hill. And, you know, we used to play those guys, and we, I got to where we were going over there. We scrimmaged them a couple of times in the spring. And Coach Lansdale, for two years, was asking me to come volunteer coach at Columbia Academy, and I kept saying, no, Coach, I – if I go in, I'm going to be all in. Yeah. And so, so finally in 2000, it was, I think it was the spring of 2014. Um, I pulled the trigger and with Jamie's blessing, obviously she wanted me to get back to coaching because she missed being around the young guys. And, you know, she knew how passionate I was uh, about coaching and what I wanted to do. Uh, once I got out of the military and this gave me an opportunity. Well, I jumped right back in and I've been a volunteer coach uh, with Columbia Academy since that time. And, you know, coached a little bit of everything. I've coached offensive line, defensive line, DBs. Um, the last couple of years I've been a special teams coordinator as well as coaching a couple of positions. And I've been fortunate that my bosses in the military have allowed me to come back. You know, some days I may have to, leave work a little bit early um, so I can get the football practice. Um, But it's worked out because I'm giving back to the community. And, um, and so that's how I've been able to balance and been able to do both coaching and the military. Well, looking back, they say hindsight is 2020. 
I kind of have a little beef with that. But, uh, you know, this idea that practice makes perfect, we as coaches know practice makes better. Perfect doesn't exist. Uh, right. But looking back, in your experience, what are you, I guess, doing differently in order to get an optimal outcome? Because I know you really do have, I mean, you got the family, solidify the career, you're doing what you love and getting paid for. That's the American dream, man. So what would you, what would you tell someone like me who's, you know, six, seven years into marriage, you know, what, what kind of advice can you give someone like me? So from, you talking about from the coaching perspective or? Uh, just the balance of it all. You know, would okay. you have gone full-time military if you, if you know what you know now right off the bat? I mean, that's, it could be, that could mean a higher rank or whatever it is. Yeah. No, no, I, I would not have changed my path for anything because now that I am where I am, the things that I have gone through have made me, I think, a better person. And, and, I, and I'm going to take it from first from the coaching standpoint is that when I was a young coach and all those years that I was coaching you, I was still young. And I was trying to develop myself and I knew where I knew who I wanted to be and I knew who I was, but I don't think I always portrayed that. Um, I think you guys realized that I loved you because I told you, I told you that all the time. Uh And, And I meant that that come from the heart, but I don't know that the video duplicated the audio all the time <laughs> that's good I'm, I'm stealing all kinds of wordplay <laughs> from you <laughs> go for it man i've stolen from other people so <laughs> they're not trademarked that's great <laughs> um and so you know as i got away from coaching and i was full-time military you know you start focusing on being a leader and and i was trying to be a leader as a young head coach as well um, but I realized that I was trying to be my coaches, and that's not who I was. You know, and I grew up in an area, when, in an era when the coaches did holler, that they did run you till you, you couldn't run no more, and those types of things. And I've changed in that way that now that I'm – and that break that I had, and I'll tell you, one of the – the biggest impacts, the, the I think one of the first college coaches that I really saw is like, I want to be like that guy. And that's me. And that's James Franklin. When he was at Vanderbilt and then wow. went to Penn State, how he, you know, he, he was so just glamorous. And, and I don't mean that in a, you know, a bad way. I mean, like he was polarizing. But it, I really, I mean, I don't know James Franklin. But what I do know of him he seems to care about his players, you know, and just the, how he was communicating. And so I took some of that when I, since I've been at CA and I text my group all the time. I, I send them notes at night, tell them how proud I am of them. I pull them off to the side during practice. Now I still raise my voice occasionally, <laughs> occasionally. but I'm quick to say just a little bit. But I'm quick to tell them that I love them, just like I always have. But I do more explaining because we're in an era where people want to know why. And it's our obligation to explain why because it, excuse me, it helps them grow. And so that's where I have I have grown. And had I stayed in football all those years, I don't know that I would have changed. I don't know that that gap would have changed me. It maybe have, um, but also having two boys of my own and how they're treated lets, okay. reminds me of how <laughs> I want to treat other people. Right. And and I and I still see coaches out there that I'm like, if that was your kid, you would not be doing that, even though they've got a kid. Right. And, and they would not be talking to their kid. They wouldn't be coaching them that way. And so I am very, very aware of that. Mm. And and so that has, you know, impacted me as well. You know, how I want to respond to kids 
Um, but also it's helped me grow as a husband and a father. And, you know, and I'll take my deployments and being here at school. I appreciate my wife so much. Mm. It, you know, when you don't have somebody there and you realize all the things they do for you and your family, you know, it's a dagger. And if you can't appreciate that, you're just not human. You know, something is wrong with you. And so I think, again, being away on those deployments, I think helped change me for the better because like you said, none of us are perfect. There, well, there wasn't one perfect person to walk this earth, That's right? <laughs> and and I ain't, and I'm not even close to that. I have a lot of failures, a lot of sins, mm-hmm. and my sins are my sins. But I realize those, and through the things that I've been through in my life, I think has changed me for the better. You know, and, and I'm gonna say right now, I've become a better Christian because of the things that have happened in my life. That's you know, so and I. And I think growing in your faith is the greatest thing that can happen. And, you know, and so, and that's one thing about this school. I have, I've become closer to to my Lord and Savior. I go to, you know, when I'm home, I go to church, I read the Bible, I pray, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm not walking with him daily like I should. And here I've been in a, 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 a men's group that met a one day a week and we had lessons and man, it's powerful, you know, and we studied about being a better father, mm-hmm. being a better husband and all those things, the distractions out there that can pull you away. And what do you got to keep the focus on? And and so, yeah, everything I've done, Jeremy, I feel has put me in a better place yeah. to be a better man, a better husband and a better father. So I wouldn't change anything. That I wish awesome. I could have done things differently and better. Yeah. But again, I don't know that I'd be where I'm at today. Man, that is so awesome. You know, thinking about, so someone once asked me, if, if God exists and he's so great and powerful, why would he allow, you know, X, Y, Z to happen? And I think one of the best explanations I heard, aside from yours today, uh, was that, you know, when you're playing football, right? You're playing football and you're, you've got these boundaries and these rules and you see these titans, you know, just battle within those rules and success, fail, success failure, it's all in there, but it's, you get a real rise and enjoyment out of that. And the guy says, uh, how much would anybody enjoy it if everyone could just make up their own version of perfect, you know, on the fly? Like maybe uh, you got a running back that's like, you know, actually out of bounds is when I say, and they just take off in the parking lot, man, and drive around you, and technically they score because they cross the goal line, you know. But um, I love that explanation that I wouldn't change anything because even, you know, having to be away from your wife and family and your comforts there, you know, and how it calls you to kind of be still and be quiet and and focus in man and it, it making you a better father christian coach all of it is great you know and i hear this thing about coach franklin and i don't know what it is either you know i, I just feel like his energy is competence it's enthusiasm but above all else it seems genuine and maybe that's what it is but i, I don't know the guy either you know but I was like, man, I would love to play for that dude, you know. No disrespect well, to anybody, any I'll, other ones. Story. So, um, <laughs> I, I, obviously, we got to meet him a few times, you know, being, oh, you know, huge Vanderbilt fans and going to Door Jam, you know, and got yeah. to make to have our picture. Well, Cutler, my youngest, had a couple of different meetings with him. And one Saturday, we were out lined up there on the, on the street as the bus pulled up, you know, he had started mm-hmm. this, you know, walk down mm-hmm. door alley and he sees Cutler and he walks over and picks him up and starts carrying, walking with him. He <laughs> literally, out Cutler, like, and you were like, yes. years old. <laughs> and, and dude, he, and then he stops. Of course, Jamie gets a few pictures with him and Cutler's throwing up the VU. Oh, man. Well, then um, that following spring at the spring game, um, 
I, I had guard drill. I couldn't go. <sighs> but uh, Coach D, his wife, and Kaysen, and Jamie, and Cutler, and Hunter went to the spring game, the black and gold game. Mm-hmm. They're sitting on the front row. Well, Coach Franklin comes over, sees Cutler, and co- climbs up there and gives him a hug. Well, Jamie got several pictures. Well, I posted that on Twitter back then. Well, it popped up on my Facebook memories last yeah. week as well. Well, I, re- I retweeted it and said, Cutler, just like all of us, still loves and misses Coach Franklin. Jeremy, he responded and said, I miss you guys too. Tell what? everybody hello. Jeez, I mean, he on. responded within two minutes. You know, he didn't have to. How many tweets does that guy get a day? Right. And and huh. that, I mean, just, I mean, he doesn't remember us, but that connection is amazing. And, and to me, that's, you know, so why can I not be even more connected to my players? Mm-hmm. You know, I know how I feel about that. And, that went, and re- actually, he's only about two hours from me right now, right. being up here in Pennsylvania. Uh, but, you know, those are the type of things how, if I feel that good, well, can I make a young person feel that way or their parents feel that way as well? Right. And so I'm very careful to what I say to kids, you know, and try to have a positive impact on yeah. them. When did that? When did you hit your stride in that? Because whenever I coached, you know, I, I did little league for a little bit. I volunteered here and there, and um, I um, was fortunate to be a part of a team here. You know, went to volunteer coach. He made me the varsity D line coach and the junior varsity D coordinator, and um, you know, very uh, grateful for it. Coach Adcox and that group. You know, Coach Preciado and Coach Martinez. Good, all of you. And uh, literally, I worried about that all the time. Coach, I had a, a situation where, you know, my wife's shaking me. And I'm like, what, what was going on? She was like, you're calling plays in your sleep. I need you to stop. I was like, <laughs> I am so sorry. Because y'all talking my sleep there. Uh, it's out now. No, but I literally, I, I literally, like, constantly worried about that all the time. Like, my level of confidence, or not confidence, you know, I, I didn't lack too much of that, but competence, right? You know, someone said if, if you are going to talk about anything, you better know a whole lot about it, you know? And I just, I was constantly, just like you, when I first coached in high school, I was like, I didn't, everything I thought I knew, first off, out the window. And then everything I learned, it was like 10 more questions from every new thing that I, you know, new piece of skill I acquired. So um, when did you hit your stride on that, man, where you just felt like I know the game, I know what I'm doing coaching-wise, and I know what I feel about my players, now I can show it without any restraint? Right. So so there's a couple of things there. So, so let me try to unpack it. Um, when I hit my stride was – in, in 2014, that break, even during that break, um, I was making a little playbook. I knew where Travis McKnight wanted to be again one day. Mm-hmm. And I was still studying film. I was still uh, – Coach D had invited me up several times to Spring Hill High School, and I'd met with their coaching staff and talked – secondary stuff and defensive stuff with them. And so, um, and, and coach, of course, coach D and I talked football all the time. Um, and so I had never completely removed myself from the game. I had stayed involved, but I didn't have the pressures that, you know, I'd felt as a head coach and, and as assistant coach for those, you know, 10 years that I'd coached high school ball. Right. And, and so I stayed involved in the game and kept learning. But and then again, knowing who I who I was that break, I mm-hmm. and I had coached Hunter's youth football team, uh, his twelve year, eleven or twelve year old year, whatever it was, his last year there for the youth league, and I was the defensive coordinator. And so the year prior to that, I'd really you know, and that really got my juices flowing. And and, and then with <laughs> Coach Lansdale talking to me, I started you know, like, all right, this is who I'm gonna be. And so 
you know, obviously going in, you know, I had met with the coaching staff. I knew, you know, I knew our offense, um, obviously, because we were running the wing tee. Uh, I had to learn, you know, how Coach Lansdale called, you know, his terminology was a little bit different from mine, but not far because wing tee's wing tee. Wing tee's, I was about to say, this can't be that bad. Yeah, no, it basically is a numbering system that was a little bit different and how he called plays and how he did shifts and motions. Um, and, and so, but that, that was quick. I mean, but I knew how to coach the offensive line. I knew what I expected. Um, and and I made sure that he and I were on the same page, you know, what he expected and then, you know, brought in some terminology um, to help the, the guys grow. And, and we had a lot of calls, things that we didn't, didn't necessarily do at Spring Hill. Um, but but I did do it CA. We I mean my center was the guy. Um, we we called you know everybody had a call to make based on the front we saw how we were going to attack it. Um, and then you know and then I was studying the game. I, I still went to coaching clinics, and but I was just comfortable with who I was. Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And you're right that especially today, I think when I was coached. My coach could tell me the sky is red, and if he said it passionate enough, I was going to believe I'm, it, and I was going to run the walk. <laughs> Today, a kid's going to go, sky ain't red. You've lost your mind. Right. <laughs> tell me why it's red. Mm-hmm. No, you got to be on your A game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, kids are just so much more mature nowadays, and, and I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know if it's the technology, what has changed. But they are, especially, mm. you know, and I don't know if my our kids at Columbia Academy are any different from kids at Spring Hill or Columbia Central or, or wherever, but I know our kids are smart, and you better know what you're talking about, just mm-hmm. like you said. And and so, but I think it starts, Jeremy, and this is where I'm unpacking. All it right. starts with developing that relationship mm-hmm. with the guys that you're coaching. Because, you know, there's that old saying that, they don't care what you know till they know you care. <laughs> and that is the one thing that I have. I place above all other things at this point in my life. I shouldn't say above everything, because obviously my family is number one, God and family. Mm-hmm. But it's relationships. Even in the military, I've got to have good relationships to make things work. Because oh, yeah. you never know the person you're talking to today may be somebody three years from now that you're needing for something, mm-hmm. you know, in the military, it could be that they got a, a piece of equipment that you need to continue the fight in war. Right. And you, because you went to school with them, you made friends with them. You know, you weren't the butthole in class. Right, right. You know, <laughs> they're going to help you out. Well, I think even as an adult with a, a teenager, that, you know, there was a time when I grew up, and maybe even some when you were growing up, Jeremy, that we had this line where I'm coach, you're your player, you don't cross that line. Oh, yeah. And I think that is still there. I think it's still there because there has to be a healthy adult teenager relationship. However, yeah. I'm willing to go across that line a little bit farther. I'm willing to meet these young people on their side because you got to understand where they're coming from. Right. I mean, that's context, right? You understand where you're coming from, because if you can develop that relationship, you still, you know, again, I think the days of somebody doing something because they fear you, that's only going to last for a very small amount of time. Yeah. (laughs) But if they trust you and they have that relationship, so I try to develop that relationship. I try to be funny. I try to, you know, send them the text messages Every day, I mean, I would send text messages, maybe not to all of them. I had them all in a group chat, but I would I would say, you know, great job today, this and that, or, hey, guys, go back and watch film. You know, hey, you, we need to understand where we were messing up today in practice, you know, <laughs> and that's where we've got, right. you know, we're videoing high school football practice now, which is great. It's a great tool, but being able to text them and go, hey, just, hey, I want you to improve on this for tomorrow. You know, think about your steps, you know, hey, or maybe, you know, your effort was great today. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then even when you see the parents, knowing a child's parent and speaking to that parent, I think goes a long way as well. Telling them, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, Jeremy had a great day today. Right. Even if he didn't, you tell him that he did. Because (laughs) most days, if they don't have a good day, it's on you. I always, Mm -hmm. I, I learn now too. If a player 
is messing up. What am I doing wrong as a coach? I literally, coach, uh, that was one of the things I did. It's like, I am so sorry that I have not coached you right. I said, we're going to get through this together. That's <laughs> For right. some of my knuckleheads, man, because it's like, it's something. It's a way that I have to figure out to get you to get it, you know. And I was, I was bent on that, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I, I think it's just, it's maturity. Um, that's how you know. And just feeling comfortable with who you are as a person, mm -hmm. as a coach, feeling obviously you got to be feel comfortable with the system that you're coaching. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you got to put the time and effort into it. Mm -hmm. And and you know, and, and I'm willing to do that. And that was part of my holdup a couple of years prior to becoming a volunteer assistant because I have a family, mm -hmm. I have a job that puts bread on the table. And if I throw something else in there, what am I going to sacrifice? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there was some balances. But for me and, and, and Jamie, we had these conversations. It became um, an opportunity because that's where my kids were going to be anyway. They were playing mm -hmm. football. Why not coach them? <laughs> Why not be there and be a part of their lives and and it was so – it's been wonderful getting the opportunity to do that. And we've made – because I'm going to be there anyway. You might as well be coaching them. Well, hey, why you know, not? You know, and, and so um, – and then Cutler, my young, just being able to have the opportunity to be around older kids and be around the game, I think it's impacted him. I mean, he's a coach on the field today. Matter of fact, uh, a couple of years ago, one of his coaches uh, said he was the Tim Tebow of their team. You know, he was the motivator, you know, always cheering. And he still does. He, you can hear him above everybody else coaching and, and encouraging his teammates. And, right. and I think that's a reflection of being around coaches. Yeah. You know, yeah. being in the coach's office. And, and so it, it's been great. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it was always good seeing uh, the boys run around. <laughs> it's like little mini uh, mascots, but. One of the big things, um, or maybe not a big thing, one of the things I try to ask, because I, I want to be mindful of your time. I know we have to go uh, wrap this up. But one question, I, you know, I've got a streak going that I ask all of my uh, guests is, if you're an automobile personified, what make and model are you? I know I'm putting you in the hot seat, Coach, but I'll, I'll feel yeah. a bust for a little bit. But um, I really appreciate you being on, man, and – because one of the things I'm trying to accomplish with this athletic series is not just players, not just parents, not just coaches, but all of us as a whole. And you hit some key points there. Exact. I mean, you were answering stuff that, that I didn't even really know how to formulate the question to yet. But as far <laughs> as um, building the relationship with the players, approaching the parents, and it doesn't have to be this contentious, compartmentalized you know, relationship we're all in it together. I'm pretty sure the, the player wants to be successful. The kid, the parents want their children to be successful. The, I mean, why not all of us work together and help each other out? And I really appreciate those answers. And uh, yeah, I, I yield the rest of my time to you for this car question. <laughs> okay, and um, before I go to the car question, I just you know want to say that um, you know talking about that the car compartmentalization, um, you know, as as a coach. You are there for those football players, those students. They are, you know, something that we would term here at the War College a stakeholder. They're your primary stakeholder in your football team, right? Because right. without those student athletes, you don't have a football team. Well, who's the second stakeholder? It's the parents. Because those two stakeholders have as much interest as anybody and can have influence on what that football team does. Yeah, you can be the greatest tactician <laughs> and you can be the greatest play caller in the world, mm -hmm. but if you don't have players and the people supporting you, then what do you got? You, you don't right. have anything. Right. And so you're right. It's about working together. Um, but it's pretty the, – the automobile, I haven't thought of myself <laughs> as an automobile, um, but – I would say, and I'm going to say this because uh, this is what I drive currently, 
I drive a uh, Toyota Tundra with a lift. Uh, it's got about a six inch lift on it. Got big tires. Um, it's got some aftermarket stuff. I bought it that way. Bought it brand new. It was. It looks aggressive. <laughs> it looks aggressive. But when you get on the inside, it's the basic Toyota Tundra. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles. That's perfect. But it gets me where I need. And it, I mean, it can go through snow and it can go through mud and it can get dirty and I can wash it and it's all clean. It looks beautiful sitting out there in the parking lot right now. But on the inside, it's just a regular old Toyota truck that gets me back and forth to work. And it's simple. At the end of the day, I'm a simple guy, even though I may come across as aggressive and hard-nosed, I'm really wanting to be a good guy and just want to put in the gas. I'm not going to check under the hood. You know, I'm just going to put in the gas. I see it. You know, and I'm going to drive. I'm going to do whatever I can to, to accomplish goals. And that's what my truck does for me. And uh, so I think it's, I don't know if that's the right answer. Well, that's perfect, man. That is perfect. <laughs> I appreciate it. So before we get going, man, any uh, promotional stuff or just some shout outs to the family? Well, you know, obviously, yeah, thank you um, for allowing me to do this with you, Jeremy. Um, you know, I love my family. I've missed them. I'll be home in about a month. It's, uh, it's you know, I get home June the 11th is graduation day. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, getting back to coaching and being with my football family as well because mm-hmm. uh, I missed this year. Um, but, Jeremy, I am so thankful that you asked me to be on this show. I'm proud of you. Um, I'm, pr- I'm proud of all you guys. I, You know, and what's crazy, if I could, you know, I've just had several guys reach back to me through Facebook um, from all the years that I've coached just to say hi. And, and, you know, and Sydney and I, we talked, you know, I'd run into him at football games oh, and we were talking about how hard I was on him, but he appreciated it. And I hope that's what came across uh, most importantly to all the guys that I've coached mm-hmm. in the past that I truly, you know, love you guys. And I, and I, it's cool to see you guys grow and see where you are with your families now. Cause my wife just, she ran into Brian Zayden, oh, you know, one of your teammates yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago at the ball field. She's like, He's got a, a son playing on the eighth grade middle school team. She goes, you're getting old. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, little yes, Jordan. I am. Little, little Jordan out there is not so little anymore. Yeah, yeah. I know. And so, but I, I'm just so, pr- especially you, Jeremy, I'm proud of you and, and all the things you're doing. And uh, it's great to see you, man. Uh, <laughs> I just wish we could all get back together more often. But when you're home, when you're back mm-hmm. in Tennessee, you know, you've got my cell number. Look me up. Absolutely. And I'd love to see you face face. I, I want to take you out for lunch or dinner, okay? Deal. And, you know, look, you have me at food. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. So we're going to do that if you'll holler at me. Absolutely, Coach, man. And you'll be coming in. We'll be coming in back to Tennessee about the same time. So I definitely will. Okay, I appreciate you being great. on. Thanks, Coach. Love you. Love you, too.